The Gat by Clyde B. Wilson From All Story Weekly, September 1, 1917 This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Dale Grothman The Gat by Clyde B. Wilson When you have killed a man, it's time to go. The Gat listened, thought rapidly, and decided. So swift and sure had been the attack, not a cry had escaped the victim. The Gat placed the knife where it might naturally have fallen from the hand of a self-murderer. Then he turned to open the safe, where he had been surprised before finding what he sought. Stooped before it, he hesitated for an instant, tempted to further search. He shook his head. The prize was not worth the risk. Robbery exposed a suicide blind, and with the biggest job of his career planned for tomorrow, he could not afford to have the police aroused to extra watchfulness by a mysterious murder committed tonight. This must look like a suicide. He replaced the papers in the safe exactly as he had found them and closed the door. The rattle of the combination crashed against the dead silence of the room. Somehow it reminded him of the clang of a certain bolt to a certain cell he knew of. He stepped back to the double doors and turned his ear to the crack where they met in the center. His eyes fell upon the figure, its evening clothes exposed an expanse of white shirt front. White, except for a splotch on the left side, the size of a man's two fingers. He must hurry. Noiselessly, he slid the big brass door bolt into place. With infinite ease, he turned the key over in the lock below, and the bolt clicked faintly. His strained senses again recalled the clang of a certain bolt to a certain cell he knew of. Again, he listened for a moment. Quickly, and without sound, the gat then drew two of the hinge pins from the hinges of the right-hand door. The third one stuck slightly. A few turns back and forth with a pair of pliers, and it came out freely. From a small bottle he deposited, with an apothecary's accuracy, a few drops of oil into the loop of each hinge. With his pliers gripped on the door portion of the middle hinge, he slowly and noiselessly worked the door free. Fastened by the lock and bolt in the center, the two doors swung as one on the left side hinges. He opened them an inch and let them sag to the floor. Then he took the pins, immersed each in the oil bottle, and inserted them a quarter of an inch in the hinge loops on the door facing, where they leaned enough from a perpendicular to keep them from dropping into place until he should be ready to jar them down. The Gat was ready for his exit. He turned and surveyed the room to see if he was leaving any clues. He suddenly was seized with an impulse for cautionless flight. He set his teeth and muttered an oath. This wasn't the first man he had killed, but it was the first he had knifed, and that shirt front. The stain had spread to the size of a man's hand. Hurriedly, he went into his coat, buttoned the fur front over his evening clothes, 
and sprung his opera hat into shape the hollow snap of it startled him he quickly lifted the doors clear of the floor opened them the width of his body and stepped into the hall he stood perfectly still for a second his ears fairly sucked at the silence opening a corkscrew in a combination tool knife he quickly inserted it into the hall side of the door to serve as a knob with knee braced against the facing to steady himself he raised the doors to the proper height and with nerve-wrecking slowness meshed the hinges without jarring the pin down then pulling steadily by the corkscrew to hold the door in place he tapped lightly with the heel of his hand on the door in the position of the top hinge the pin dropped into place with a barely audible click once more he listened intently before proceeding the middle pin jarred down with equal success he stooped and tapped lightly at the bottom hinge it did not drop in he tapped harder and with a noise that sounded to him like the ring of a steel crowbar the pin clattered to the bare floor the gat ground his teeth in rage at this utter waste wrought to his infinite pains he had left a clue to point straight away from the suicide lead he had planted that satanic sleuth Houdin would grab it with the eagerness of a bloodhound. Nervously, he pulled his corkscrew from the door. He had intended to cover up the hole it made, but there was neither need nor time for that now. That hinge pin was enough to waken the dead man. How could the servants sleep on? A faint life shifted into the hall through the crack in the doors he had just closed. He turned toward the street door and stiffened like an icicle as he faced a man. Fool! How he hated nerves! It was only a clothed hall tree. Halfway through the outside door he dragged in a deep breath of cold air, then suddenly choked. With head bent against the tumbling snow a policeman was crossing the street directly toward him. The gat was trained for fast thinking too many policemen in new york had studied his photograph only recently that devil detective houdin who was sending all his pals to the penitentiary and the death room had impudently promised him to his teeth that he would surely get him shortly over on open broadway with nothing on him he did not dodge them but coming out of a house on fifth avenue after midnight where a stabbed man would be found the next morning perhaps now the servants were up only so long as it took these thoughts to flash film-like through his brain did the gat hesitate he might have to kill another man or two but he stepped back inside the door absolute silence greeted him it was a white night unfit for red deeds on the street with people about him he should have felt easy but he was shaken things were not working out in the first place he had not come to new york to pull this job but a bigger one he was a fool to have been tempted by it but it had looked so easy no killing and see how it had turned out he had dressed at his hotel in evening clothes and gone to paolo's fashionable gambling rooms for no other purpose than to see if henshin was there 
he was and had seemed drunk enough to be good for the night but that's just the trouble no dope is dependable when you have to figure booze in one of the elements hanchen had taken a notion to go home worse of all he hadn't gotten the money and because like a bush burglar he had left his gun in his overcoat clear across the room he had to use his knife instead and smear things all up well if the murder outed the knife would be his alibi his jealously guarded reputation as an exclusively gun user would save him from suspicion the gat straightened himself savagely he used to have nerve but no wonder he was cracking for one thing there was betty good old betty once so game now afraid to read a murder story in a magazine scared spineless of the thing that shapeless phantom something which she believed in religiously and claimed eventually gets all criminals writing him everywhere he went employing him to cut the thing and make a home in some green quiet no place and settle down with her then there was cat stark the fastest thinker and fastest gunner in the gallery caught only last week with his automatic still smoking and the papers today were full of bruce's little nap in the hot chair the snow lit cold and wet on the gat's face and he shuddered he needed a drink but not in this neighborhood he take a stiff one at the hotel he found himself on broadway lights showed red through the screen of snow great splotches against the white background he noticed an unwanted number of policemen in sight they seemed mostly in pairs that usually meant something for reasons in accord with well-laid plans he had avoided tonight the haunts of his accomplices in the big coup of tomorrow he hailed a taxi and mentioned a hotel miles south of them as they turned east into the shadowy street far down on the lonesome end of broadway two policemen suddenly appeared directly in their path as they came to a stop one of the officers stepped to the side of the taxi his front was covered with a blanket of damp snow a red sidelight on the taxi reflected on his star a red splotch on the white background over the left breast let's see your fare he demanded what's the joke asked the driver murder said the policeman peering through the water streak cab window the gat with his hand to his nose ducked his head slightly with a loud sneeze while the point of something in his right coat pocket came to a line with the officer's head where questioned the driver kylie's place 14th street kokosaka outgunned a detective but he got through us we'll get him before morning the net spread not houdin i guess persisted the driver not scarcely laughed the officer they don't outgun houdin all right go ahead the gat breathed again but wished the idiotic driver had not mentioned houdin rotten queer some of these new york automatic artists couldn't outgun him the trouble was they didn't have bones anywhere but in their heads as he alighted from the taxi and paid the driver 
a policeman parted from another on the corner close by and strolled by scrutinizing him closely the gat turned down his collar and entered the hotel as he approached the desk the house officer walked directly toward him again the point of something in his right coat pocket lifted slightly the officer passed on by him for god's sake wasn't there anyone astir in new york tonight but bulls the clerk handed him a letter and a telegram the letter was from betty and he thrust it into his pocket he knew what was in it one long pathetic plea to quit it before they got him and a lot of superstitious talk about the thing he tore open the telegram he knew by heart the three or four code words incorporated as he read the letters staggered and ran into unintelligible streak they righted himself and he read it again dan taken in toledo more houdin's work houdin in new york the gat felt warm he took off his coat and threw it over his arm in doing so he slid something from it into his trouser pocket he turned to the clerk cleared his throat and made a second attempt to speak bar open closes at one maybe you can get in the bar was deserted save for one somewhat crumpled customer in evening coat and hat leaning heavily against the rail at the far end the gat scarcely noticed him most of the lights were out for which he was glad perhaps the bartender wouldn't notice how hard it was for him to hold a glass of three stars steady he raised it toward his lips a glass crashed at the end of the bar a bartender swore at his clumsy customer part of the gat's liquor splashed on the bar there was scarcely enough left to moisten his throat as he started into the elevator he heard a rubber-soled step behind him and simultaneously felt a touch on his arm his hand shot to his right trouser pocket as he whirled a bellboy handed him his key you left it at the desk the boy explained at the second floor he left the elevator and plunged down the hall the dim green glow barely lighted the hall with its ghostly hue his room was just around the corner in the next hall with head down he swept around and smashed into something his hat fell to the floor he swore viciously as he kicked shut the linen closet door which had been left carelessly open the gat laughed nervously as he picked up his hat and strode on to his own room the key rattled in the lock as he inserted it he stepped aside and pulled the door shut quickly behind him as if pursued he was in total darkness he recalled turning out the lights that evening when he left the room and knew the position of the buttons with his hat in his right hand he extended his left before him along the wall his tremulous fingers found the top button he pressed it for an interminable second he stood rigid with a hellish terror he felt his flesh creep 
his scalp itch and shift and his eyes burst merciful instinct guided his fingers to the other button he plunged the room in darkness but the positive after image of something something with a hand pointed straight at him with a wide expanse of white shirt front smeared on one side with a vivid stain the size of a man's three fingers remained for a second instinct training and a melting spine contributed to the gat's quick squat hunched low across the floor he waited for the flash of a gun to give him a mark for his own it did not come not a sound came hideous seconds passed while tardy reason tried to reach his panicked wits he knew he was mortally afraid but he was sober he had taken but one drink and spilled most of that this he had just seen was miles from here dead he had stabbed it to death that shirt front was the bloodiest thing he had ever seen bah it was time to quit the murdering business when a little blood could so stir up the imagination imagination no by he knew when he saw a thing once before in his life he had thought he imagined seeing something but a man had fallen when he shot should he shoot now what at dead men don't travel miles across city blocks dead men's ghosts may betty believed in ghosts she had told him that he would some day that the thing would get him betty must be right for when you have killed a man and his ghost beats you to your room but you see ghosts in the dark not in lighted rooms he could see it now it was no ghost then it was something else unutterable unthinkable closing in on him perhaps with this terrorizing impression the gat's last nerve cell exploded and every fiber of his being impelled him to flight he grasped and turned the knob behind him as he rose sprang backward into the hall and jerked the door closed he turned and again the breath caught in his throat and he stiffened and swayed not three feet from him in the green ghost light from the globe above stood a grinning apparition something in evening clothes with a wide expanse of white shirt front smeared with a dark splotch that was all the gat saw through his blinding fright he did not recognize the intemperate patron of the barroom of a few minutes before he did not notice that the damp ashes from a slobber-soaked cigar dangling from the maudlin mouth had blackened the inebriate's shirt front neither did he see the sudden sobered look of appeal nor hear the pitiful cry for mercy as crazed with a fear that knew no reason he fired full into the breast of the helpless creature before him as though the report of the gun had an awakening effect upon his paralyzed senses the gat came back to the actual with a horror upon him he whirled and ran in the opposite direction no other intersecting halls appearing he was brought up at a closed window forcing this up he peered into the semi-darkness 
only to discern a sheer wall below and one opposite neither of which offered any means of escape he heard the rattle of the elevator ascending and calculated his half minute of time desperately he tried door after door to find them all fast as the elevator stopped heads began to appear through the doors down the hall the gat recognized the house detective as the latter stepped around the corner with gun projected both weapons exploded and the detective swung half around in the instant that the gat withheld a second shot to note the effect of his first he was lost a door swung open just behind him before he could turn a heavy form was hurled against him and a pair of hard arms encircled him chewing curses he fought insanely with a man in pajamas but taken behind his arms were locked as he tried to bring his automatic into line with the detective who had started forward again it was knocked from his hand by another ally in pajamas the hall was full of people he was tripped to the floor and the detective with a pale face and limp arm was standing over him still sticky with one crime the gat was caught with the damning evidence of another thick about him other officers arrived and he was taken down to the hotel office a sergeant recognized him i think who dean would like to know about this the sergeant said and went into a telephone booth he came out shortly and addressed another officer i thought so who dean wants to see him here he was just called on another case but will be down on the wagon from headquarters the gat huddled in a big chair wrists locked and an officer beside him heard but evidenced no interest he was dazed and nauseated like a patient from an operating room with anesthetic still clouding his mind his terrible fear the more tormenting because he could not induce or define it had gone but had left him weak and beaten his one vivid impression of all that had transpired was a spectral something in his room which had driven from him his last reserve of reason and brought this ruin upon him the coroner had arrived and was attending to the removal of the body when houdin appeared the detective came straight to the gat and surveyed him deliberately at sight of him something in the old gat's antagonism awakened and with it just a flash of his old courage he faced the detective squarely for a minute at last was houdin's curt and only comment he turned to the house detective who was having a slight wound on his arm dressed what happened he asked the officer reported it briefly the gat had come in the hotel gone to the bar then upstairs in a few minutes whitney a notorious but harmless character and a permanent guest at the hotel had gone up a little more illuminated than usual a shot had followed almost immediately the battle in the hall was described whitney was unarmed hadn't an enemy in the world to anyone's knowledge and no reason could be ascribed for the shooting houdin turned to the gat fiercely why'd you shoot whitney he snapped i didn't muttered the gap his tone and manner rendering the wretched denial convincing 
only as to its untruth all right replied houdin then he continued less severely this isn't like you gat to be caught so far away from an alibi there's something behind it what's the matter with you lost your mind or your nerve or both there was nothing left for the gat to build courage on despair disgust self-pity welled up and mixed in his mind and impelled him to impetuous speech that's it houdin my nerves busted i'm a yellow-spined coward i was scared afraid i afraid of what cut in houdin eagerly that's it what i don't know you lie you do know houdin was driving him the gat shook his head distressedly you'd been at something else that's why you were afraid houdin was conferring the third now he was bent over the gat watching his every expression and reading behind his eyes tell what you know about the killing on 51st and 5th avenue tonight henshin tell it i say the gat a professional gunman and even in his fallen estate still proud of his specialty spoke too eagerly ever hear of me using a knife houdin smiled and straightened up who told you a knife was used he shot at him the papers the police countered the gap desperately you sure fell out of bed that time gat replied houdin the papers haven't got it yet these officers don't know it a servant found hitchens less than thirty minutes ago they had just phoned me about it when i heard you were caught somehow i thought so that's why i came up here first the gat relaxed and sank further into his seat utter hopelessness dulled his eyes you can't put me in the chair but once he faltered offering at the same time his only rebuttal and consolation that's right gat too bad replied houdin a little pity replacing his elation at having so successfully maneuvered a confession houdin turned to an officer we'll go up and take a look at his room bring him along on the elevator houdin looking at the prisoner's shirt front said been drinking haven't you looks like you spilled some booze on your shirt here the gat looked down a large stain the size of a man's three fingers soiled the left side of his shirt he raised his manacled hands to the spot then placed his fingers to his nostrils brandy he said had one drink and spilled it two officers the hotel clerk and houdin took the gat to his room the clerk unlocked the door stepped into the room and snapped on the light he stood to one side and let the others pass the gat coming next suddenly stopped go on ordered the policeman wait a minute replied the gat staring straight ahead of him the others hesitated unlock my hands for a minute the gat requested of the officer no tricks the policeman looked at houdin the detective nodded his head interested in the proceeding the officer unlocked the cuffs the gat freed his left hand stepped back a pace and extended his left arm along the wall 
to the position of the light buttons. Across the room, directly opposite the door, was a tall clothes cabinet. The door of it was a full-length mirror. Into this the gat was staring. He saw reflected a man in evening dress, his arms pointing straight out in the direction of the door where they stood. A wide expanse of white shirt front was reflected, on the right side of which was a dark stain the size of a man's three fingers. For a second the gat stood thus, then, with a thin laugh, turned and extended both hands to be cuffed again, remarking, That's the first time a drink, applied externally, ever made me see things. What's the big idea? asked Houdin. I know now what I have been afraid of all evening, replied the gat wearily. What? queried Houdin. Myself. And again the gat laughed thinly. The End of The Gat by Clyde B. Wilson